Welcome to the Unstoppable Yes You podcast, where we celebrate the achievements of Caribbean people to inspire the next generation. I'm your host, Carlos Philip, bringing you a series on up-and-coming social media creators. In this series, you will learn how our guests use their passion and expertise to build a name for themselves, a community of loyal fans, and in some cases, to secure major brand collaborations. Today, I am excited to be speaking with powerlifting champion Tamara Wilcott. After going through divorce and battling weight gain, the mom of two has transformed her life for the better, and she's using her social influence and platform to inspire women to embrace their bodies. Tamara, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me, Carlos. We're so happy to have you, and I'm going to just jump right in. How did you discover powerlifting? So actually, powerlifting kind of found me. So let me go all the way back from the beginning. So at one point in my life, I was 415 pounds. Going through a divorce, uh, wanted to do something to change my life. So I actually started like uh, doing a circuit uh, dumbbell training uh, in a small facility. And I ended up moving to another city and I walked into a gym. I saw all these people lifting this heavy weight. Um, they were doing deadlifts, squats, bench, um, wearing all this gear. And that's kind of how powerlifting fell down me. Um, I kind of walked into a powerlifting gym one day back in 2018. And then fast forward, here you are, world record holder. Tell me, what does that mean to you? to have broken that record? Oh my goodness. So when I broke the record back in September, I didn't even realize just how big of a deal it was right at first. Um, my coach told me what I was gonna be doing. Um, one thing with me being a new lifter, I always like look at it as me versus me. So I did not even realize just how many people were on um, the list, there's over 10,000 people on the powerlifting on women's list. And to be number one, um, knowing now today what that means feels really, really good, uh, especially um, only being in the powerlifting industry for about three years when my counterparts and other people have been doing this for 20 plus years. Um, so it feels really good. <laughs> Super excited. Funny thing is you talked about being sort of new and having your peers been in this space for longer. And so on top of that, not only did you break this world record that you were really not aspiring to, but you lost over a hundred pounds. Did you know that you could lose so much weight powerlifting? Was that a goal of yours when you began training? So no, the goal of mine was just to get active. Um, I played basketball all through high school, through shot put. Um, played volleyball, baseball. So the goal after my divorce, having kids and putting on all that weight was just to get active again. The bonus was losing weight. So I think one of the things that I learned by way of lifting when I lost my first 60 pounds was that the more muscle you put on, the more fat you lose because um, you're you're tearing up your muscles when you're um, lifting weights. So that actually works a little different versus getting on the treadmill for an hour. As soon as you get off the treadmill, you stop burning calories. But when you weight lift, you continue burning calories onto going going to sleep. You wake up, you're still burning calories because your body's repairing itself. So did I know that I would lose almost 100 pounds weightlifting? No, I just wanted to be active and get healthy again. 
That's awesome. Yeah. I, mean, I never really thought about it in that way that you were still burning calories and losing weight while you're sleeping. You're a mom, you have a full-time job, you have a rigorous training schedule. Take us through a day in your life. Oh my gosh. Very hectic, very demanding. Um, one thing powerlifting has done though, it's made me very structured. And I realized if something's important to me, I'm going to have to be a planner, right? Um, so my day starts very early. It starts about, well, not that early. It starts about seven o'clock in the morning. I wake up, get my kids breakfast, um, get myself ready for work, get the kids ready. I'm a property manager by day, powerlifter by night. So I work a nine to five in property management. Um, once I come home um, after five o'clock, I am helping the kids with homework, cooking dinner. Um, and then by 8.30 on my training days, I am putting them to bed and out the door. I have my boyfriend that helps, my mom, uh, the kids, uh, dad um, still helps as well. So they kind of take care of them when I am at the gym. Um, and sometimes I'm training as late as 11 o'clock at night. So a training session for me could be anywhere from three to four hours. Um, and it's because I'm putting all these plates on, I have to rest in between sets and then I have to take all those plates off and still hit accessories, which is like maybe leg curls or, um, hamstrings, or I may have to do lunges at the end of my actual training session. Uh, so it's very rigorous, very time consuming. And with being a mom curlist, I don't get to have like a five-day training schedule like all the regular powerlifters. So I have to condense mine into maybe three days of training, four max, because I mean, I have kids. I have to <laughs> kind of juggle and work around that as well. So I can't train five days a week like typical um, powerlifters. I have to condense it into a three to four day um, training schedule. What's really interesting is that Although you do not have the same training schedule, you have consistently had incredible performances. You know, I remember coming across your uh, video. I think it was the most recent one, which was when you broke the record. And just seeing you step up to that plate, there's this kind of dance. At first I was like, is she listening to music? Because... The way you approached the weight, it was almost like you were, I don't know, channeling something or you were, you know, in some type of rhythm or, or tune. So tell us about that. How, you know, how do you approach your competitions? Well, I think you definitely got it right. I'm definitely channeling something. Um, deadlift is my most favorite lift and it, it's my most favorite lift for a reason. My grandmother passed back in 2018 and she used to actually call me her human crane she got to a point where she couldn't walk at all and because of all the training and muscle that i have and lifting experience i was always the one to kind of help her get in and out of bed like pick her up in and out of the hospital bed or um, put her in her chair so she could look out the window um and she used to enjoy watching me deadlift so when you guys see my approach to the bar yeah right before the the um the lift i am listening to music but when i step on that platform I am channeling my ancestors, okay? I am channeling the quadrille music in my head. I'm channeling my grandmother. So there's a lot of different emotions that you guys see that goes into that routine and that setup. When I'm lifting that weight up, I'm picking that up for my kids, showing them that the impossible is possible. You know what I mean? Because I am in a space where there's not a lot of Black women, especially in the Virgin Islands. I didn't know what powerlifting was. I didn't know in Syncroy what powerlifting could be. Um, so to be the number one, um, 
person on a list of over more than 10,000 people and hold a, the record for the all-time world record for the heaviest deadlift, like, yeah, that's what you see when, when you walk up to that bar. You see me lifting for my family and for my grandmother. Yeah, you're so right. And that's why we do this podcast is to just expose our listeners to the vast array of career opportunities that are available that we weren't exposed to. From an athletic perspective, you had softball and basketball and baseball and traditional things, but you're right. I don't recall seeing, you know, growing up in the Virgin Islands, anyone really powerlifting. I, I don't even think I recall men powerlifting, to be honest. I don't think that was a thing. No, I didn't know what it was. Like when I like when I tell you I walked in the gym and wonder, what are these crazy people doing? They're gonna get by my coat. Like they go they're gonna pull a muscle, like what is going on here? Like when I walked in, I literally was like, All right. But I think it's that one day when I finally put three hundred and fifteen pounds on my back and I'm like, dang, I weighed this much at one point. You know what I mean? So I think that really resonated with me. And I was like, if I can be in control of all this weight, I can take back control of the rest of my life. You know what I mean? And that truly is what drives me. So I also read in a powerlifting blog where you said powerlifting saved you um, from addiction. Tell us a little bit about what that journey was like for you. Lord, that powerlifting saved me from food addiction. Um, growing up, I've always been like the heaviest, like even my, between my brother and my sisters, I've always been heavy, but you know, in the islands, everybody like you come back home for a little bit and like, Lord, what you been eating up there in America? You're fat. And you really ain't technically like fat, you know what I mean? Um, but from a standpoint, I was always like a size 14, like going through high school. Um, I remember tipping the scale at 200 pounds, like at the end of my senior year, but I kind of stayed there for a little bit but it wasn't until i um got married i was in a marriage where it was like just two ships passing at night you know what i mean uh, i was not happy um it just didn't feel great and what i turned to was food for comfort um so i would take care of my kids all day um my ex-husband would come home first from work and I would still have to come home and cook dinner and take care of the kids and give them baths and i just at the end of the night i would just I would just sit there and I would eat. So that was my comfort. So I got from being about 220 pounds by the start of my marriage and then ended up being 415 pounds. So I was two cheeseburgers away, kid you not, from my 600 pound life. Like if something did not change, like I would not be sitting here talking to you today because I literally had to change my mindset and change my life from the inside out. And that's what powerlifting helped me do. So I was able to change the way that I eat. I was able to change the way that I think and truly change from the inside out. Um, because I'm telling you to be a powerlifter at the elite level that I'm at now, nutrition is a big part of it. Like I have to fuel my body properly to able myself to move that weight. And I'm sure it takes a lot of discipline, right? Because um, you're traveling a lot. So sometimes, you know, you're limited in what you can eat. And so how, how do you kind of maintain that, that discipline? Um, pretty much, I look at it this way. I have a new mindset when it comes to what you put in is what you get out. It sounds cliche, right? Your body's your temple. Those things that people always told you all the time, I truly believe it now because I see the results. So I remember early on in my um, fat loss journey, and I don't call it weight loss because... I don't like the scale. Like my body composition has changed so much in the course of the last two years, being a 285 pounds, like I look different at the same weight. I look different because of the muscle that I put on. So 
at the end of the day is like what you put in is what you get out. I remember being in the drive-thru because I have kids, right? They still want McDonald's or they still want Wendy's or Popeye's, right? But I would tell myself, Tamara, when you go to this window, just tell them you want chicken wrap with no ranch and no cheese. So I would just focus on those things and like make it a mantra. That one minute decision makes a huge difference. And at the end of the day, you drive off with your water and your chicken wrap and you're good. You don't miss that that Big Mac or you don't miss that um, Wendy's fries or, or whatever it is. So I just made those small changes that made a big impact in my life. Yeah, and the more you do it, like you said, you eventually don't miss it or even have the, the taste for it, to be honest. My kids don't even want no parts of McDonald's. That's the one thing. With, like my daughter, when I first started in the whole powerlifting and changing my way and my, my, my ways of eating, she probably was maybe, uh, I would want to say, 11 or 12, my son knows the plus size fitness queen as his mom. Like he knows like, oh, mom, I don't want McDonald's. Like, I don't want this or I don't want that. Every now and again, they would want something. We'd go to Chick-fil-A, but they, just from the habits that I've changed, they were able to make those changes as well and make better choices in their life. So I'm pouring into them um, as well um, with having better eating choices and not being, not going down my route and being a, a, um, an addict towards food. Yeah, and kids mirror their parents, so you setting that example is encouragement for them, right? And after all, they're seeing what's coming out of it, what you're able to achieve because of it. So I think that's incredible. Now, you had mentioned your social media handle, plus size underscore fit queen 4.0, and I just love that handle. So how did you choose that name? Um, that name has always been a part of me because again, I've always been plus size, right? And I don't think I have any desire to be a size 12 <laughs> or a size 10. I just don't have that desire. And at the end of the day, the plus size fitness queen movement for me, and there's a plus size fitness king movement as well, which is a part of my brand, is that you don't have to be a certain body type in order to accomplish a goal. Like, for example, there are people that are the size 10s that I've trained that can't do 20 push-ups, but I can. There are people that can't do burpees that are smaller than me. So we can't limit our bodies because we're plus size. So that's where that handle kind of derived from. It doesn't matter what your size is. You, If you put your mind to something, you can still achieve it, plus size or not. Because of the positive content that you're putting out there, you've amassed over 150,000 followers when you look at your TikTok and your Instagram combined. How have your followers influenced the type of um, content that you share? Oh, well, my followers, definitely the first thing that I notice is that they absolutely love my deadlift. So it's like any deadlift picture that I or video that I post, they are all about it. So I think I try to gear towards that a little bit more and post that content. But one of the things that I post as well is sometimes I do post my struggles or I share what's on my mind because at the end of the day, somebody might be going through the same thing that I'm going through. There's days that I don't feel like going to train or there's days that I fail a lift and that's okay. We don't have to be perfect. So I really try to connect with my followers um, because things that I've been through, they're going through. And I want to let them know, like, listen, that's not a train at the end of the tunnel. That's a light that, that's on the other side. You're going to get there. So it's not always a train going to hit you. Your current destination is not your final um, destination. So you don't have to look at it as this is where I'm at today, but it's not where you're going to be in six months or a year or two years from now. So just keep moving on. So 
that's kind of what I try to to paint when I'm on my page. And I noticed that in addition to your fitness routine and the videos about powerlifting, you also give your followers just a sense and a peek into just you, your life, who you are as a person, right? The person behind um, these big accolades. I know for me, I, I always take a look at your um, fashion sense and style because you have a very different and interesting style. And um, how would you describe your style? I would say that my style is eclectic. I go with the wind. I don't have to necessarily match to be matching. You know, it, it depends. My fashion sense is like, how am I feeling today? So I might um, end up one day in short shorts. And uh, one of the things that people love are, and they can't understand it, is like, oh my God, I wish I had those thick legs. And that was one of the things that I hated growing up. Like, what am I doing with these big legs? But I mean, those are that's where my power comes from. So I embrace that and let people know that it's okay to wear what you want and wear what you're feeling sometimes. Um, so I would say that my style is eclectic. Yeah, and you definitely have fun with it. I see you like doing a little dance and jig in the mirror. You have to love where you are. No matter where you are in life, you just have to love where you are at the moment. You know what I mean? So that's what I try to, to, to show. Absolutely. What opportunities have you received so far as a result of your powerlifting success? Because I know I've seen you on Ellen. I know we had talked about maybe a Sports Illustrated magazine. And then there are just a slew of other article write-ups that I've seen that talked about your story. So anything else that I missed? No, I don't think you missed anything. So Good Morning America was one of them. The Insider kind of brought me into the UK as well. So I had a, 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 a lot of new followers from the UK. So I thought that was very exciting when they did the write-up um on the insider in the uk but the ellen show though the funny story on that i remember the ellen show calling my phone and i was like who is this number that keep calling me like why does number keep calling and i was like after breaking the world record i started getting so many phone calls and it's funny curl is because i'm an introvert extrovert so people think that like when I'm home, I like to just be home in my own little shell. But when I'm out, I'm a social butterfly, right? So the Ellen show was calling me for like two days before I answered. So then I finally answered the phone. I'm like, hello. And they're like, this is the Ellen show. And I'm like, oh my God, I've been dodging this number. I mean, I think that was one of the most exciting experiences for me, especially because my grandmother loved Ellen, loved her shows. So to be on that show, I was like, yeah, grandma, you're looking out for me again. Like you're definitely looking out for me again. So that was one of the great experiences. So good morning, America, Fox 45. Yeah, I saw the Fox 45 one. Was that local to the DMV? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Actually what got Ellen to see me because they put it in a couple of the different Fox affiliate folders. So they pulled it up in the LA, um, from the LA, LA folder and was able to find me there. I did see that one, but I did watch the Ellen one a few times because I was like, yeah, we have a VI sister representing on Ellen. Hello. Yes, X, yes, that was just so much fun. There are pros and cons to social media, of course. How have your journey been so far? You know what, though? I have to be completely honest. The pros outweigh the cons right now. I really do have a lot of people rooting for me. And it, they don't necessarily even look like me. Uh, most funny story. So one of the biggest things since breaking the world record is I go to a lot of like competitions um, for powerlifting and I have blonde hair, blue eyes, six foot five inches tall, walking up to me saying, a guy saying, you are 
an inspiration to me. So that's kind of what I get on social media. Every now and again, you get a troll here or there. Um, I even had my daughter one day come home as soon as she got off the bus. And she's like, mom, I guess you're not my mom. Someone on TikTok's calling you a man. So we busted out laughing. I mean, but at the end of the day, I am so built up for this. My support system is so strong. My foundation is so strong. It is what it is. Twitter fingers, I don't care about. Uh, but I would definitely say that my the pros outweigh the cons. Like I have so much love and my little tea hive on social media, they absolutely adore me. So I've been doing good. So I really don't see all the negativity. I see more of the positivity. And that's what you should focus on, right? Trolls will be trolls. You know, people have time on their hands and they're just out there being malicious. That's noise. Ignore those noises. Mara, we know that social media can be great in terms of getting people out there to be seen and recognized. But there's the flip side to it where young women and girls, it can really impact their self-esteem. For some people, it can lower their self-esteem because of the unrealistic beauty standards that they're seeing. Some cases, it have led to anxiety and even depression. And I know you're all about body positivity. So what do you want your young viewers, um, especially the young girls, to take away from the content that you share? One thing I want them to take away that's most important is to focus on themselves. A lot of the time, people show you what they want to see. They show on social media all the good, but they may not show you all the bad. Everything that glitters is not gold, right? And that's one of the things that we said in the islands. Everything that glitter ain't gold. So I want my young girls out there to understand that you are good enough, you are more than good enough, and whatever you put your mind to, you can attain it. Don't worry about what Mary or Susie is doing. Focus on yourself. If it's something important to you, drown out all the noise that are saying, mm, why should you do that? Because me, myself, and I had to fight for a very long time. My family and friends didn't understand why I was powerlifting. They didn't understand why I was in the gym until 11 o'clock at night. And that really could have, if I listened to that, that really could have prevented me from being where I am today. So if you are a writer, if you are a songwriter, if you're a dancer, an artist, go for it. Don't let anyone kill your dreams because it's important to you, make it happen, yeah. For that young woman of Caribbean heritage who's like, Tamara's a powerlifter, love what she's doing, I would love to get on a similar journey. How can they get started? In terms of powerlifting, one thing that I want to say is when I first walked into the gym, I was still pretty heavy, right? And that was intimidating. But I had to say to myself, I am doing this for me. So walking into a gym setting, it is intimidating. There's clients that I work with today that are on bench and probably afraid to ask the next person, hey, can you give me a spot to make sure that I'm okay? Can you hand me this bar to make sure I'm okay? So to anyone walking in um, or wanting to take the powerlifting role is definitely ask for help, reach out to me as well for guidance if you'd like, but don't be afraid to walk into that space and own that space. So that's what I would say to them. That's my word of advice. Thank you so much. I know that you mentioned your uh, social media handles and you're new to TikTok as well. I'm blowing up up there. So if, if anyone have questions, want to reach out to you, what's the best way they can reach you? One of the best way they can reach me is I would say that my email is the best. 
So the email that I would give you guys, let me pull it up real quick, but it's the info at tomorrowwalcott.com. So that kind of filters off to my entire team. In my DM, I lose messages so fast. They're kind of like coming in so fast. So I would definitely just email info at tomorrowwalcott.com. If you have any questions with regards to I do public speaking, motivational speaking. If you're looking for accountability coaching, my website, and any information that you're looking for with regards to powerlifting, I can help you via the Tamara at the info at tamarawalcott.com. Thank you so much. I know it's been a journey. We've been trying to make this interview happen for a while. So I really appreciate your time. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so happy to be on this, especially it was an honor to do this. So thank you so much for reaching out to me. You're welcome. And, you know, my wish for you is all the blessing that you can stand, right? It's never too much. Thank you. Thank you. To so, um, Unstoppable, yes, you tried. Thank you for your continued support. Go ahead, show Tamara some love, share this episode. You never know who you can inspire with this story. If you're new to the Unstoppable, yes, you podcast, you can check up our um, past episodes, and future episodes on unstoppableyesu.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Red Circle, you name it. And don't forget to check out our weekly profile stories about people of Caribbean heritage who are making their mark and blazing a trail in their communities and around the world.